Lifestyles of the Broken Educated Podcast. You already know what it is, man. Okay, listen to the smooth sounds, man. Asher Roth right now from Papston Jazz. Hard times. It's been a long damn summer. And I've been working by the furnace fire burning an inferno with a purpose. Feeling like I don't deserve this. Like I've been cursed, I don't need your sympathy Although I know you know it hurts, it ain't perfect Life's not no nursery rhyme It's as much as a blur as it is our whole lifetime And that's fine, I'ma ride with it, take my time with it Never underestimate the power of the blindness Yes, your highness, follow your instincts Fingerprints ain't always gonna match the logistics Little bit different, it isn't your typical Won't always do to others what you wish was reciprocal my- Yes, 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 you already know what it is Life of the broken educated podcast we are back into the mix uh yes i'm about to ride solo on you on time i just had to drop one um i'm gonna rap for a few minutes uh you know just uh just you know a few things that uh you know have been crossing my mind as i'm taking in the the world happenings and things like that and Krispy Kreme giving free donuts to graduates don't want to leave with that but that's what's on tv in front of me right now on fox of course. Anyway, you know, usually when I when I when I start these podcast episodes, you know, I always try to lead in with a theme that I'm, you know, something that I'm alluding to or something that I want to speak on uh, when it comes to the the uh, you know subject or topic that I'm going to be touching on that day. So the same thing is here. You know, same thing is 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 uh, stays true for this episode as well. Uh, the record that I just played for. You guys, uh, it's called Hard Times uh, by Asher Roth uh, off uh, the Papston Jazz Project uh, from 2011. Yeah, that was that was that was a fire. I don't think there's a skip on that record. Uh, it's a 16 uh, record project, and I don't think there's a skip on there. A lot of great talent on that project. There's a there's 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 a lot of messaging going on, obviously. Um, and you know, when you when you when you talk about falling on hard times, you know, for a lot of people that means different things, but for the, the purpose of this conversation, I'm live from the Danger Chamber at the Yap House Studio, the home of the Lakers. You already know what it is. They just opened up the facilities. So, uh, you know, got to get that grind in, get that work in, that practice, and, uh, you know, try to, try to see if we can get a chip in the name of the Mamba. But anyway, you know, I try to breed positivity and just breed a, you know, positive energy into the world. I hope that you guys feel that. Uh, and, 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 you know, so what I want to talk about today and what I led with, led in with that record hard times by Asher Roth on a lifestyle of the broken educated podcast is because I live in LA. I'm born and raised on the West coast, but I'm not born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm born and raised down in San Diego, California, two hours South or hour and 35, 45 minutes, depending on traffic. So downtown San Diego, a lot of areas in San Diego, obviously, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but San Diego has the largest population of homeless youth in the country. Being homeless for anyone is hard times. You know, it, it really depends on context. Homelessness is something that you really can't escape no matter how hard you may want to try to escape it. I never try to escape. It. I just try to give blessing anywhere I can. I just gave five bucks to a guy that I see every afternoon you know, as I'm getting fresh air. Um, you know, stepping out of the office, uh, you know, just getting, you know, fresh air around the neighborhood. I see this guy, you know, at this park, I see him every day. It's been that way for almost two years, every single day. 
He is homeless. He's got everything set up right there, but he's very, very respectful. He's very, very cordial. He's very, very, um, he's not intimidating at all. He's, he's a nice guy. I've spoken to him on many occasions. I just gave him $5 two weeks ago. Just, you know, because I see him all the time. Minds his own business. You know, he may smoke a, you know, smoke a square or whatever. But he's minding his own business. He's got his cart set up, positioned perfectly that he's, he, you know, he's got a nice little corner. He's not bothering anybody. But he was so appreciative. When I gave him that $5, he asked me, he said, are you sure? I said, man, look, please. So I see you every day. You know, I just, you know, we always exchange subtleties, you know, little head nods, you know. And I tried to give it to him. He said, he said, he asked me again. He said, are you sure? Again. For a second time. And, you know, I said, hey, I said, you know, I I try to breathe positivity. I try to, you know, give out to the world. And he said, (laughs) he said, but he asked me again. He said for a third time, he said, are you sure? I said, yeah, man, I just, you know, I just got a few bucks in my pocket. I said, yeah, man. But he was so appreciative. He's still there today. He, he's going to be there tomorrow. He'll be there the day after, hopefully. And, and, and I'm this way because when I first moved to L.A. five years ago, you know, I've always had family up in L.A., a lot of family up in L.A. So L.A. is not a foreign place to me. L.A. is basically like home. But when I first moved to L.A., December 2015, I um, moved into this apartment, two-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment. And at the time, it was, it was just me. My wife, she was in another state because she was pregnant at the time. And I was setting up shop because I had just gotten a new job. So I was setting up shop, you know, getting everything settled and just coming back and forth. My cousin who lived below me, he uh, was real cool with the, with, the, with the building manager. And I mean, and, you know, the building only had, what, eight units. I think it was seven or eight units. One laundry room with one washer, one dry. It was an old, dilapidated building. And all the buildings around there were old and dilapidated buildings, soon to be torn down. They no longer exist today. I moved into this two-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment, and I was paying $1,525 a month just in rent alone. The proximity of where I was. I was living right next to LAX, but I was basically in Inglewood. Slash, depending on how you drew the line, because Los Angeles is crazy like this. Depending on how you drew the line, you were either city of Los Angeles or you were Inglewood in this particular area. And I lived right off of aviation in Arbovita. And the next street to the east was La Cienega. And none of these buildings exist now because LAX has been expanding their footprint in this area. They bought the property and they tore all the buildings down. So they got us out of there. They got us up out of there. So I was living there for like two years. Two, I think, almost three years before they got us up out of there. But on this street where I lived, because there was, this was an old neighborhood that used to thrive. It, at one point, it, it was a thriving neighborhood. I mean, it's, it had its own, it still has its own, well, it had its own elementary school. It was a charter school. Just the proximity to the 405, it was literally the 405 was last year. The 405 was just right there. Arbor was right there. I mean, proximity to everything. El Segundo, LAX, freeway access. I mean, at one point, this was a thriving area with smaller families. And, you know, over time, as LAX started buying up more properties, people started moving out. And at one point, they just stopped buying property. 
So what you had was you had different pockets in this neighborhood where I lived that were abandoned. And the homeless population, they would run up into apartments because why not? This is an area that's not being policed. It's not being uh, monitored. You know what I mean? Los Angeles World Airport at the time, they weren't, they didn't care about the property for the most part. Like, you know, yeah, they tried to get homeless people out of there, but there was to no avail. Like, it was up and down the street. It was RVs. It was tents. It was vagabonds. And this was where I was supposed to start a family. <laughs> right? So immediately, I'm like, okay, this is what I got to deal with. But everybody in this apartment building, like, you know, it was like, it was, it was like, everybody looked out for each other. No doubt. No doubt. You know, the lady below me, uh, you know, she was a waitress out of Marie Callender's and, you know, a funny story. My parents had come out to visit one time. They had my daughter and they went out to, to a Marie Callender's for, for a nice, lovely family meal, just the three of them. And they just happened to get waited on by my neighbor. She had no idea. She only had recognized my daughter because she had seen her all the time with me and with my wife. And she said, are you looked at her crazy? Like, huh? Small world, obviously. Yeah. And she, you know, went on to say, you know, from time to time, you know, whenever she leaves her garbage out, you know, because she is going to take it out later. If I happen to come down, I'll just take it. Because why not? It's right there. It's on the way. You know, she just happened to recognize my daughter. So, boom, there's an instant connection because they know me through my daughter, obviously. But that's just a small world. I mean, you, you never know who you're going to run into in life. And then I happened to see her again when I was out working. A, you know, I, I took my wife to a charity event. Jim Henson studio up in Hollywood and you know she had just so happened to be an honoree because life is crazy man and she recognized me and she saw, and she came up to me she said wait how are you here and I was like oh I'm a reporter I, I hope she's fine I hope she uh, I hope she's doing okay today so Miss Maria if you're out there I hope you're doing okay so I say all of that to say everybody's rock and bottom is obviously different but when you recognize and you see how worse it can be for any one of us. I think that's when everything is put into perspective about what it means to survive, what it means to live. Obviously, countries are different, but there's the underlying message. That's why you have to appreciate what you have. Even if you feel like you have very little at the moment, there's always somebody who's living on less than a dollar a day. So we got to grind. We got to get off our you know what I mean? That's exactly what the message is. That's, that's, the, that's the underlying. That's what I'm trying to explain. And I just try to look for little areas in life where I can improve. And there are a lot, believe me. It's impossible, like I said. This is L.A. Wherever you go, you're going to see homeless encampments. Wherever you go, you're going to see tents propped up. Wherever you go, I mean, you go to Venice, Venice Beach at night, the boardwalk, man, you might as well be downtown. You might as well be on Skid Row because they set up shop right there along the boardwalk. The tents are propped up. They, they put them up in record time. If they had a Guinness Book of Records on how, how quickly somebody can pitch a tent, that record would probably be shattered out there on the block. In Venice Beach, you have 
the uber wealthy literally living next door to vagabonds, abandoned homes. Maybe there's an alleyway in the back. And these are million dollar homes. The values don't plummet. Believe me. Believe me. Venice is rivaling Beverly Hills in terms of cost of living from a, 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 from a square foot perspective. If that makes any sense. <laughs> Santa Monica. Same thing. It's all intertwined. Project Room Key that they got going on, this initiative that they're trying to push, the mayor's trying to push, where he's basically, <laughs> he's basically commandeering hotels, confiscating room keys, and he's, in theory, they're supposed to be handing them out to eligible homeless. Keyword being eligible homeless. Like, there's certain stipulations that, is it really a, a full-fledged effort? I don't know. But when I go down to Skid Row and when I go down to Venice Beach, it don't look like it to me. When I go up to Hollywood Boulevard after dark during the day, it don't look like it to me. We can't be blind or naive to the fact that even though the country and the world is in shambles right now, we could be in worse situations. We can be in worse places. There are people right now in the middle of the ocean trying to get here right now. And we're here, established in terms of if you have roots here, if you have something, a career, a job, if you have a family, if you earn a living in any way, you know, you don't really see a lot of the immigrants. You don't see a lot of people with that type of mentality protesting right now because they're, they, they know what it's like to be in worse predicaments. So to them, this is a, this is a utopia, but they also carry that that sense of hopelessness, what it means to not have anything. And a lot of people here in this country that are from this country have been in that situation, are, are in a situation right now. And I felt that. I'm never one to uh, dwell or harp on the negative. I just can't, you know, I'm not one to look in the rearview mirror and see what's behind me. I'm always looking out the windshield. That's the, you know, that's the common expression. I'm always looking out the windshield. So, you know, I just can't... Um, I don't subscribe to any kind of uh, ideology or a thought process that I can't get to where I want to be in life. Yeah, the the journey is it's hard. It's an uphill battle. I'm 30 years old this year, later this year. So that's a lot of living. That's a lot of there's still a lot more experiences to come. There's still a lot more failures that are going to come my way. I know it. And I try to I try to make sure I'm prepared for it in terms of my mindset and the way that I approach and how quickly I pivot and how quickly I maneuver and finagle the situation so I can try to land on my feet or bounce back quicker than, you know what I'm saying? So that's life though. You know what I'm saying? We all go through situations, try to find different ways to creative ways to get out those situations. So, you know, I was just looking over a film treatment. It's 10 pages, fine tuning it. So little things like that, sending it back to my guy after this, like, hey, bro, have a look at this. I tried to make sure everything was perfect before I got it back. And once everything is good money, let's go ahead and get this dialogue in and write this screenplay. And that's just one. Opportunity is going to come to those who create it. So you have to try to create your own if you feel like maybe certain ones are being given to you. Or if you feel like it's coming maybe a little bit slower than you anticipated. That's life. It's no script. 
I'm going to write my own script. Not only to life, but to the screenplay. We're going to make sure it's perfect. And hopefully it gets made. <laughs> There's no guarantee that not either. You may have to rewrite it three, four times. We've taken screenwriting classes. It's a difficult thing. So that's just an anecdote. Like I said, I had to go solo on you guys. And it's the Lifestyles of the Broken Educated podcast. Thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for listening. This one's a quiet storm because the family's sleeping. I know. I didn't want to do it, but I had no choice. It's raining outside. So I'm going to leave you with this. Once again, Lifestyles of the Broken Educated podcast. Julius, Ray SoCal. Stay safe. Kiss your family. Kiss your babies. One. It ain't perfect, life not no nursery rhyme It's as much as a blur as it is our whole lifetime And that's fine, I'ma ride with it, take my time with it Never underestimate the power of the blindness Yes, your highness, follow your instincts Fingerprints ain't always gonna match the logistics Little bit different, it isn't your typical Won't always do to others what you wish was reciprocal My brothers and sisters all the way out there in Liverpool I feel you a hundred numbers becoming, I'm flipping too Don't ever fall in love, coming somebody's number two You may call it dumb but true, you know that we're coming for you Mama said Cave money, King Kong crew It's going down Swimming in the river with a stone shoe But I be in that bitch still kicking I teach you Kung Fu Showing proof My whole team be on the same page Niggas telling me I'm they idol And we the same age While back it wasn't nothing on my mind But staying blazed Now I'm picking bitches Calling options like I'm saying plays Take a picture, man I'm on some magazine spread shit Hold the mic tight I got that rigor more than a dead grip Got some good brain on the road That's the head trip I fuck the face and bust on the mouth, call a lead lift Meant to the baker, I make the bread flip Niggas be wildin', but you can talk like it's crackin' to get your eggs split Shell drop it, it's an everyday thing It's a shame, but it's all a part of the game Sorry, mama, but Why you can't sign me? Thought to my mind, I can do 
got a youngin' life, never mind me Born 9-3, took time to find where my mind be Now I tell time was gold time My mama told me grind